On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, we give our initial thoughts on the ESPN broadcast, Seattle's debut, and how the Bolts looked in Game 1. Stay tuned. Season 3, Episode 4 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson here. Chase Crosshaw with me as always. Chase, I saw a little nervousness in your face. We didn't write Stay Tuned as uh, the intro little outline there, but I still got it. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I'm still muted. <laughs> <laughs> Chase is still muted. All right, there we go. Chase, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, aside from... Last night, the game didn't really go as planned, but hey, there's no worries whatsoever. It's game one of 82. We're going to be just fine. But the, real quick, before we move on, the only thing I do want to say, um, it's slightly, slightly, slightly worrisome just because that was our first opening uh, day loss in seven years, I think. And it doesn't help that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin weren't playing. But we'll be just fine. Only game one of 82. And Chase, I told you it's five o'clock somewhere. I made myself a little drink. You weren't partaking. Why is that? Because it's one o'clock in the afternoon but on, it's a, on a Wednesday, and I got work to do, and I get back home. But it's five o'clock somewhere. Don't yeah. forget about that. Yeah, I, I ain't drinking on the job. I will happily drink uh, on the old Bolts broadcast as well as the WNP podcast. We're doing that right after this show, but. Like we said in the intro, going to be talking a lot of stuff. Seattle, going to be talking about the Tampa game. ESPN Day 1 thoughts after the commercial break. Going to be talking about some rookies because there's a lot more than we initially expected to be. And then a couple of signings and uh, just roster move situations overall. So we'll talk about that afterwards. But last night, Seattle made their official debut. I was a little upset that it was in Vegas. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping it was going to be a home game for them. But I still liked what they looked like. The the white jerseys looked great. The team came out a little flat, but they brought it back. And then the game winner, there was some controversy around it. Was it a kick? Was it not? Um, but anyways, what were your thoughts on Seattle? It was a kick. And um, like 100% definitely was a kick. I, I, I will not hear otherwise. But Well, Biz doesn't agree with you. I, I don't care. So game one, it's, it's, it's done in the Bucks doesn't matter. You know, when Vegas played their first game, they also played on the road. I remember being very upset about that same time around. They played in Dallas, Vegas, and ended up beating them, and then they played their, you know, home opener with the whole, you know, in the wake of the Vegas shooting thing. Yeah. Uh, so now Seattle, they're going to be playing their home opener coming up in a little bit. They, they have a little bit of a road stretch, not till you know, January, or January, geez, October 23rd against Vancouver. I was, that's kind of combining some things there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they've got five road games. And then they can, you know, finally get, get home, which kind of sucks. But that means they just, you know, get more home games kind of condensed down the road, too. So like, that, that'll be kind of cool. I feel like Seattle, if they were going to be on the road for game one, Vegas would be the best possible place. I like this idea of a rivalry between the two expansion teams, Seattle and Vegas. I know they're trying to push the Vancouver versus Seattle rivalry, but the rivalry I'm really invested invested in is this Seattle versus Vegas one. It won't be a rivalry for a little bit because Vegas at the top of the NHL right now, top five team, Seattle, we're not really sure where they sit. There's some thoughts that they could be in the middle vying for a playoff spot. Some people think otherwise, but the rivalry 
not really there yet, but I hope that's the rivalry we look forward to, not the Seattle versus Vancouver one. Well, the Seattle-Vancouver one, I look forward to more than Seattle-Vegas, to be honest. It'll be closer, but... It, it, it makes more sense. There's a lot of Vancouver fans that already live in Seattle because there hasn't been Seattle hockey in such a long time at the highest level. So there's a lot of fans there. And, you know, a lot of those people, they made that transition. They're like, the Vancouver Canucks suck shit in the nicest way possible. And we're, we're going to go become Seattle fans be part of something new. So Vancouver lost some fans in Seattle. They're, they're not happy about that. I, I, I like that kind of battle there. Uh, I do want to see a Seattle-Vegas rivalry, too, just being the, the you know the two kids of the league and Vegas kind of dominating from the beginning. So I don't think Seattle will have that same success. So it'll kind of be like big brother bullying little brother a little bit, kind of like you know we do with the Florida Panthers. But I, I, I hope we kind of get a rivalry out of both. I get the proximity thing, and there's a lot of proximity rivalries. Tampa, Florida, Pittsburgh, Philly. But I think it just for me at least, makes so much more sense because they're the two newest teams and the proximity is still across a country border. So that's why I prefer Seattle-Vegas, but I, I get the sentiment on Vancouver fans transitioning to be a Seattle fan. I don't know the actual numbers, but it's like a two-hour drive. So it's, yeah, it's across the border, but like when it's a non-COVID world, it's literally just like a two-hour drive. Yeah, but going through the border even uh, pre-COVID, it still took like a half hour just to get to the border. Well, yeah, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. So, it's really, a, it's, it's like a seven-hour trip. Yeah, but but then it's like a 14-hour trip at minimum, probably even a lot more. I don't, I don't even know how far away Seattle and Vegas are from each other. It's probably a lot more driving than that, to be honest. Okay, but tell me this. Would Seattle fans rather go spend their time in Vancouver or spend their time in Vegas? Vancouver's a beautiful city. I've never been. I want to go, but, like, you know, you, you can go to Seattle or you can go to Vancouver and enjoy the nice weather, enjoy the scenery, or you can go to Vegas and lose a lot of money. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if there's really nice weather when it's hockey season up in Vancouver. It's really not bad. They don't they don't get as much snow as the rest of Canada. I mean, Michigan doesn't get as much snow as Minnesota, but it doesn't mean it's great. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know the average <laughs> snowfall in Vancouver, but like I I I would happily live in Vancouver in the winter. Let's just put it that way. It it'd be sick. All right. You can move there. I'll stay right here. But let's talk about Tampa. They raise their banner. They uh, had a great pregame ceremony. You're going to have to talk about your thoughts on it. I wasn't able to check it out because my little brother had a football game at the big stadium. Uh, they weren't at the the middle school stadium. They are at the high school stadium. So I was not able to check it out. How was it? Very similar to last year's? It was, I mean, like, you know, they, they go out there for game one of the regular season that, you know, teams kind of nowadays, they used to just skate to the, like the blue line, but now, Nowadays, they skate to the center ice, you know, form a little circle around the logo, around the, like the center ice circle, and then do that, and then they just kind of raise the banner kind of behind them. It wasn't anything, like, too spectacular. But, yeah, like it, it, you know, it was just a, a solid, like, banner. It's still a great time to be had, still a great ceremony, you know. It probably would have been a lot better in person. Um, I think most things like that would be better in person, but on TV, not a bad thing for... Uh, the team to be able to raise that and stuff. And it was nice that they were able to actually do it on game one because last year, if we remember, weren't able to have fans right away, so they had to wait to raise their banner uh, a little bit down the line. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, it was de- definitely, you know, de- definitely good to do. And it was like, I know they wanted to wait last year because, like, they wanted fake fans in the building and stuff. So it was good to have a full house be able to do it this year. For sure. NHL and ESPN, what are our thoughts during day one? We've got... ESPN last night, obviously, but we're going to see some TNT getting in the mix. What were your initial thoughts with the NHL back on ESPN? 
Well, the NHL and ESPN theme song is back, which is great. It's, yep. it's, it's a classic tune, so I'm happy about that. For some people. I thought it was really cool in that little video where they showed the newer players, and they were like, what, is that football? Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah, it was funny. That that, that whole like, intro video it was pretty cool. Like, it's a six-minute-long video. You can find it on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, probably. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it was all right. I wasn't, like wowed by them you know they kind of struggled it like they were t- talking at the wrong times they didn't really communicate extremely well you know there was points where like ray Ferraro was just getting cut off in the tampa broadcast um uh i don't remember the um the female who was the, the rinkside reporter in the game one but like she there were times where she was speaking you know and then it just cut to commercial or she tweaked early it just like, it wasn't very coordinated and then the camera work too i was not a big fan of you know like i like the classic broadcast camera then they went to like the overhead kind of like drone style like free roam camera it's too far from the ice. You can't see it as well. Like you see way better from the broadcast camera. So if they're going to use that, they need to get lower to the ice. Yeah, and I was really focusing on the actual like broadcast look at things, so, like the intermission shows I was really focused on, and then also focused on when they went up to the broadcast booth. And I was very interested because I thought the intermission setup looked really nice. It looked great. But Barry Melrose, I, I love Barry Melrose but I felt like he kind of brought the level of the intermission report down, at least last night. Get better for sure. But last night, it was a little off for me when it came to Barry Melrose. Uh, like I said, the set was awesome. But then when we went when we went into the booth, there was just like a um, crinkled like curtain behind them as like the, the set. And I'm just like, that looks a little weird. So I don't know. You had a really nice setup on the intermission report. Not so great one in the broadcaster booth. It was your highs and lows, and and it was it was all right. They'll get better. The little, the little transition video, like this is my favorite part of the whole broadcast. I think the little transition video where it was uh, like a hockey puck that came across the screen said NHL on ESPN. I thought that like that graphic was awesome. That was like literally my favorite part about the whole thing. The rest is slightly underwhelming. Just you know the culmination of what you of what you said, what I said. You know, really kind of hit on everything. I want to go back to the Barry Melrose thing real quick. Yeah, like. It, at one point, it was just funny because um, they were talking about hockey in the state of Florida and how it like, is growing, getting better. You know, a good example is the Florida Alliance AAA team. They're a really legit program. They sent a couple kids to the NTDP this year. And he's, yeah, you know, I lived in Florida for a couple of years, um, you know, watching these kids play great, blah, 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 blah. You know, he, he failed to mention that he coached the Tampa Bay Lightning because he was such a train wreck and was healthy scratching first overall pick, Steven Stamkos. He thought he needed to work out during the game, even though he scored like every game he played in. So, you know, if you failed to mention that part, so I, I don't I don't think Barry Melrose is like cut out to be in a whole cast of NHL analysts. When he was like the only guy, him and John Butchkoff were the only two NHL guys on ESPN, that's fine because like they got such a little spotlight, but now they're going to give me more spotlight. There's way better minds than him. Like, I, I don't think he's going to last very long. There were a couple moments when he started saying something. I'm just sitting there like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah, brutal. So, and he looked old. Yeah. So, and I think the best part about NHL and ESPN, up to this point, in my opinion, the commercials. There's actually commercials about the games. We saw them advertising on, uh, was it Monday Night Football? They were advertising that. Hockey is back on ESPN, making a big deal out of it. And so I love to see that because we've talked about it so many times. The NHL doesn't advertise, but ESPN, they they certainly do. So they will kick the NHL into shape when it comes to that standpoint. Yeah, and it, it's great because I, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on the dude's name right now, but he did Monday Night Football as well as the NHL um, game. And, like, 
I can't remember his name, but I love like his play by play. And so, you know, I, th- I thought that was cool. It's just like the whole, like the marriage that it's going to be the NHL ESPN and the potentials that it has, you know, for a cross sport, like platform marketing, I guess, if that's the way I want to use, you know, whether it be like advertising the games during Monday Night Football or um, just having those different announcers do the different games and talking about, you know, the next upcoming game t- during the broadcast. Like, it, it's, it's just, it's just going to be great for the league overall. Um, they, they just really need to kind of fine tune their things. I know it was their first broadcast for the NHL in, you know, 20 years pretty much. Yeah. But they, they definitely just need to kind of fine tune their, their stuff a little bit. And I think it's great to be advertising during that Monday night football slot because hockey is the closest to football when it comes to the national four sports and their physicality in the actual game. So yes. I think that a lot of football fans could see some great previews and be like, oh, this actually looks interesting. I haven't given hockey too much of a chance. Maybe I will now. Yeah, and one more thing with the ESPN. Um, so Justin Bieber was narrating some stuff, like, the, like some of like the little videos that they did that they're showing. And I saw people online complaining, like, why is Justin Bieber a part of this? Like, what does he have to do with the NHL? I'm like, what do you mean why is he a part of this? Like, I, I, I saw, I, it might have been Sarah Sivian, who is um, a beat writer down in, in Carolina. She... I, I want to say it was her. I could be wrong though, but I, I think whoever it was, they um, tweeted out a screenshot of Justin Bieber's Twitter account with his followers and the NHL's Twitter account with his followers. And Justin Bieber literally has 116 million more followers. Why wouldn't you want to have a right. have a partnership like that? A, a, a Canadian singer, one of the biggest stars in the world, mm-hmm. uh, who loves hockey yep. and can just promote. Like he can mention hockey. Once a month, again, mention hockey once a year, and it'll do more marketing than the NHL could ever do themselves. Absolutely, I think it was a great idea. I mean, we've seen Justin Bieber on the ice with the Toronto Maple Leafs before, so and he, he's good friends with all the Maple Leafs guys too. Like him, and, like him and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner hang out all the time. I mean, isn't that cool? <laughs> it, it is, and I mean, when you're an NHL player, you probably don't feel very dwarfed when it comes to the salary point of view. But hanging out with Justin Bieber, he's making. A lot. Yeah, no shit. So it's like, hey, Biebs, you got drinks tonight? <laughs> yeah, well, what, what a just, what, what a frame. And that also reminds me, did you see the, um, in Car- Carolina, Harry Styles was golfing with Martin Akash and another hurricane, can't remember who. No, I did not. How random is that? That is very random. But, like, apparently, Nakash the Harry Styles is, like, the nicest, like, most humble person ever met. Like, he was asking him about, like, hockey and about the season coming up, all stuff, and, like, they're, like, friends now. How do they meet? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's my biggest question. I have question. zero idea. So random, but but pretty cool. Yeah. All right, let's move into the Bolts. They had their first game last night. Uh, it didn't go as planned. A 6-2 to victory for Pittsburgh. However, three of Pittsburgh's goals came from an empty net. The team started off super slow. I think that's the fairest point we can say is they were slow, didn't have the energy that Pittsburgh had. And they made it very interesting in those last five minutes when they were able to score two goals uh, with the empty net. And Pittsburgh, they were able to, you know, put in some empty net goals. But either way, the first 55 minutes really seemed like it lacked energy from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, they were struggling. And that ending, as you kind of talked about there, was it was really weird. It was just a weird hockey game. But, you know, shout out to Brian Boyle. Like, yeah. like the, the legend himself, I, I, I'll i tip my hat to him and the Pittsburgh Penguins on that aspect, you know, didn't play last year, went to World Championships, played pretty well, got his name back on the radar with NHL teams, you know, he beat cancer a couple of years ago, as we all remember, comes out, scores a goal off of a sick pass from uh, from Sam Lafferty, that was a sick sauce, um, but yeah, it really was just kind of 
Pittsburgh's game really through the first 55 minutes, as, as you mentioned. Tampa look, Tampa only looked good when they had the goalie pulled leading up to their goals. After they yeah. scored the goal, they looked like shit again. So it's it's not like, like extremely worrisome. It, it, it's game one, uh, two Stanley Cup seasons, you know, sh- shorter off seasons for, for the Lightning. So, you know, you, you just hope that down the road they can kind of figure it out. You know, they had slow starts the previous two seasons as well. It's not the end of the world. I think we'll be just fine. And the Danton Heinen goal, uh, the first goal of the game, it really showed kind of the um, lack of stableness, I guess, stability when it came to the actual like practice and everything that's going on because Vasilevsky came out of the net. He tried to you know stop a pass from Jeff Carter and it ended up just leaving a wide open net for Danton Heinen. And just right now, team's not in the full groove and that's not that big of a deal. If it comes down to 20 games from now and we're still looking similar and we've got like a, I don't know, six and 14 record, then maybe we can be concerned. But as of right now, it's game one. It's not that big of a deal. We'll be just fine. John Cooper's got the boys going and we'll be very happy by the end of the season. Absolutely. All right. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. Say hi to our friends over at DraftKings. And after that, going to be talking about some rookies and some roster moves. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available yet in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Make sure that anytime you're betting, whether it be hockey, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you're doing, make sure to go use DraftKings. But Chase... We now move on to talk about rookies, and boy, oh boy, we made the prediction maybe a month ago that not a lot of rookies would be seen in the lineups of teams this year in the NHL. That didn't happen to be the case, at least for opening night rosters. There's a lot more rookies than we thought. Yeah, there's always bound to be like guys that, you know, rookies make team guys a surprise in training camp. We just really thought that this draft class would probably be nobody. Uh, then from the 2020 class as well, there really would not be too many, but I mean, a, a lot of names just kind of kind of really surprised came out of nowhere. So, you know, starting, I'm just going to kind of rate off a f- few names of guys that I had really not thought, like, going into training camps were going to make their teams. But here they are. There's a lot more rookies in this. Um, There's just a couple names. So Cole Sillinger in Columbus, you know, the first-round pick this year, he's apparently going to play, like, top-line minutes for them. And, like, he, I still don't think he's ready. That, that like, I, he's not going to last more than nine games, to be honest. Uh, Mason McTavish in Anaheim. Someone I could see sticking around, but, you know, who knows? William Macklin San Jose, a guy that I definitely could see sticking around. He didn't seem like too far of a stretch to make the NHL right away, but just didn't seem like, extremely likely. Pavel Dorfeyev in Vegas, 
came over last season from Russia. I thought he was probably going to start the American League, get a call later on this year, but sure enough, here he is. Hendricks Lapierre in Washington. I thought he was going to need one more year of development. Seth Jarvis, Carolina, kind of same deal, but Seth Jarvis is a pretty legit guy. Could have, could have been a Toronto pick, but, you know, they trade away that first-round pick mm-hmm. in order to, to, to take Patrick Marlowe off their hands, and Carolina gets a free future star player in Seth Jarvis. Dawson Mercer in New Jersey, that one, you know, I, I was – I, I was I'm not a huge Dawson Mercer guy. He's not like a he's not a bad hockey player by any means. I I just question his ceiling. I feel like another year a junior where he could dominate might have helped. Jake Neighbors in St. Louis that one came out of nowhere to me. I I, I thought he had no chance. I thought he was really going to need like two more years of development. And then Sample Ranta in Colorado, seventh round pick, 2018. Someone who was on very few people's radars and a guy I knew about but never even like really had much second thought about. Sure enough, he's he made the roster for Colorado. We'll see how much he plays. I don't know, but. You know, that, that's just a few names on the bunch of rookies that have made it. A bunch of young names to look out for, and I want to go back to that Seth Jarvis thing. You talked about how they gave up the pick in the Patrick Marlowe trade, and Carolina got Seth Jarvis. Very similar to when they traded away uh, who was the kid they gave to Pittsburgh for Jared McCann. Um, Philip Hollander. Yeah, they gave up Phil and, Philip Hollander, and I think like a sixth-round pick for Jared McCann just to let him go into the expansion draft where Seattle took them. So Toronto's going to Toronto as always, but we will now move on to the Matthias Ekholm contract situation. He signs a four-year extension at $25 million. Not a bad deal for Matthias, Matthias Ekholm. There we go. Matthias? I always call Matthias. There you go. I don't even know what's the proper way. But, yeah, you know, four years, $25 million. It comes out to about $6.25 a year. Good value. Um, he, he's just a good, reliable top four defenseman, uh, solid offensively, solid defensively. He doesn't really do enough wrong. Uh, I don't have an issue with the price at all. It, it makes sense. Just still Nashville needs to figure out that, that, you know, whole group up front. They've never been able to figure out their forward group. They always have a great decor. You know, at home's a big piece of that, but you know, may, maybe spend some more, more money up front. Yeah. And they tried to get this done for a while now before the, uh, Initial roster locks and everything, but uh, they were eventually able to get that done. So really nice for them there. Uh, now we move on to a young player that I know you and I actually really like and were positive that he was going to be an impact on the New York Rangers next or last season. Didn't happen to be the case. Then this season, he doesn't show up to Hartford, and now he's being allowed to seek a trade. What's happening with the Vitaly Kravtsov situation? Yeah, for whatever reason, you didn't make the Rangers. Don't tell me why, or don't tell me, ask me why, because I, I couldn't tell you why. That's what I'm looking for. It m- makes no sense. He physically is ready to play. He can, he can handle it skill-wise, of course. Um, it's kind of another Leah Sanderson situation, it seems like. You know, Kravtsov at one point, like it seemed like a reach at ninth overall. Then after a year, it's looking like, oh, he might actually be one of the best players outside the NHL. And then he comes over, and it's just never been able to figure out with the Rangers. I think if he goes elsewhere... He's gonna have a you know a better opportunity. Um, he he was given permission to seek a trade. I don't know what's out there. You know, maybe a a team that's still younger, maybe or like a, a new team like Seattle, maybe a younger team like Buffalo or Detroit, Ottawa. Maybe one of those guys can trade for him. I really don't imagine like a contender trading for him though. And if Seattle goes out and gets crafts off, then they bring in him and Alex Barry who we talked about last episode that. Tampa, they put him on uh, waivers. We weren't really sure why. We knew that Tampa wanted him to get down to Syracuse, hoping that no one picked him up. That wasn't the case. Seattle was able to scoop him. And that's one of the spots that we don't mind him going to, although we would have much preferred he stayed here. 
Yeah, like, if, if he's gonna, you know, leave our roster, like he might as well go somewhere he has an opportunity to maybe maybe do something. And Seattle is that team, you know, everybody has an equal opportunity to do something there. So hope, hopefully, you know, it works out. Wish him the best of luck. If not, he gets sent back down, and Tampa's able to claim him. Then That'd be um, huge. Yeah. Then if you reclaim a player that gets taken from you off of waivers. Normally, how it works in waivers is you get claimed, you stay in the roster for 30 days. But if you reclaim your own player, then they can go right to the American League. So if that were the case, and then then it means if he has him down again, clearly he's not ready. Tampa could get him back, send him right to Syracuse. That would be be great. That would be huge. That would be awesome. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. We're going to move on to hockey name of the day. Uh, Okay. I had my uh, WNP notes down here, so I was like, uh, what is all this? But no, we're good. All right, we got Almaz. Kaibulin? Kaibulin? Almaj Kaibulin. Yes, sir. Close nice. enough. Uh, our boy, Almaj, is a six foot four, 159-pound twig of a goalie playing over in Russia on the U18. Um, all I have is goals against numbers from last year. No save percentage or anything like that, but through nine games in the U18s. A 157 goals against. It's pretty good. Um, it's not It's not a high-scoring like hockey played over in Russia. A lot of those leagues tend to be lower-scoring, so... Those are good numbers, but they can also be slightly misleading. Like you know, it could end up being real. I mean, like really, he could he might put up like the low two somethings if he was playing junior over here in the U.S. But you know, a solid goalie, not someone who's really on the radars or anything. He probably has some sort of KHL contract with Kazan. Uh, that's where he played his U18s. So you know, he, he might get an opportunity down the road there, but we'll see. You almost tricked me. I so badly wanted to say Cappy Bullen. I know that's kind of why I picked it. Didn't happen, though. I was able to get it. But that's going to do it for the show. Chase, if you could lead him out with an outro. And, hey, big game's coming for Tampa Bay. Don't worry. First game is not the end of the season. Absolutely. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon Sports Air, we'd really appreciate it. Nothing required, but just an option that you have. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Apple's Podcast, that's Apple's Podcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. That way you're going to get all the content you need between those platforms. Go to thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts network there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Wherever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.